Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A lot can happen in 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Brainiac Podcast. I'm Melissa Biscardi, registered nurse, manual osteopath, and concussion clinician, and I'm super excited to be here again with my friend Amanda Burl, who's currently in Idaho, but on her way back to New York, and we're going to have a really fun chat today, but before that, I just want to give a little shout out to our sponsor, HeadCheck Health. HeadCheck Health bridges the gap in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. And you can join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, and Volleyball Canada, who all rely on HeadCheck to improve communication and optimize care. And you can learn more if you visit them at checkhealth.com. And of course, the Brainiac podcast is part of the group of podcasts from the Concussion Legacy Foundation. And this one is from the U of T chapter. So without further ado, if you missed our last episode, which was the last episode of the Brainiac podcast, we were chatting about Amanda's journey and we made it up to about 2019. So we were going to pick up from there and see where our chat takes us. Amanda, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. I'm surprised you did. (laughs) Of course, we had so much fun. (laughs) We we sure did. (laughs) So the last time we talked, we sort of left off right about 2019, and you had shared about the neurologist who grabbed you by the shoulders and kind of really tried to communicate with you and create some sense of urgency in you about your brain health. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I described um, this was after a mountain biking accident, which interesting had been like pretty much my only sports concussion but he had said you've been worked up for a chronic post-concussion syndrome for years it's in your record and I remember saying I I mean I wasn't registering but I was like what does worked up mean like you did some labs or something um that's that was the context but and in asking the question he explained it differently and it just sunk in this was a thing I was like well is this brainy like I this 
I ha- was so competent in so many ways in, in the world, even despite the circumstances. But I was like, wait, there's like concussions and brain injuries. And now there's this other syndrome. And I don't like that word because right. I, I had been labeled with so many of them already. Um, but it was food for thought. And it was something for me to Google shortly thereafter and try to teach myself, even though there was still, (laughs) and still is, um, a lot of struggle around Googling things and reading and just, you know, there's still, I hadn't started at the Mind Eye Institute yet, (laughs) so which we'll go into. But yeah, so that was a big turning point for me, just understanding that there was more there. And, but this isn't like, oh, let me go home and Google this and understand this and take action. This was the best I could do was really like slowly learn about this entity over the next year. Okay. Okay. And so you went home, you started to Google maybe concussion or concussion recovery and what were you finding at you know in 2019 because even over the last four years a lot is changing like there's just so much that um, is coming out about concussion concussion recovery so what were you finding then and what what was yeah what were your next steps essentially Oh, I, I, I see like myself in the corner and I see this like shit eating grin. Cause you're going to love this. Um, so <laughs> I'm Googling and I actually remember my top and you know, when you Google something, sometimes a condition will show up in the upper right mm. and it will be like, affects, you know, 200,000 people a year. And that's sort of the visual that is very helpful for me versus clicking through articles and trying to read. Okay. Um, and I remember that I, I got this like basic idea that, um, okay, it is very common, 20 to 30% was what I encoded, that people have prolonged symptoms after mm-hmm. their head injury. Yes. And I understand now why you know when I finished all this acute rehab at NYU concussion center a rusk rehabilitation hospital I remember why you know I, I wasn't resonating with like the fact that I was done rehab I was like well the hell I am because I don't feel better <laughs> like I don't feel all better um so that clicked in for me that I'm clearly in this 20 to 30 percent a good indication you- of that finish um when did you quote unquote finish at NYU I finished for the most part in uh when was that was May 2018 so I finished in April of 2018 but after I climbed that mountain I came back and I still had like two more months of speech therapy okay so um I had at that point done vision and vestibular and cognitive remediation and those had all started and ended speech was the only thing um you know spilling over and that was i mean in the setting of that hospital that was me being done um and i remember even my climbing partner introducing me to buddy and in alaska like oh amanda overcame brain injury and remember just being like no don't don't 
that's not true. <laughs> I'm struggling, oh. but it, just because I kind of finished. So I didn't understand that, that there was language for, Hey guys, sorry. I know you worked really hard with me and I've improved a lot, but I ain't done. Um, and so it was just really surreal to be like, okay, so 20 to 30% of people who smack meds, because it's still like how I was thinking, um, have persistent issues. And I'm, I'm in that boat. And I strong armed my insurance into um, like doing an MRI, maybe it was another one at that MRI with DTI, because mm -hmm. like, I had a pretty nasty spill on that mountain bike. And I was like, let's see if anything else got like, like, does it look worse, which it didn't um, on that structural level. But I got so frustrated, not understanding the situation. I pulled Amanda and decided to go on another expedition. <laughs> so, um, Where did you go? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I went down to Argentina, um, and not so shockingly, somebody else, most of the logistical planning for me, it was just, the onus was on me to assemble my stuff shove it into bags and get on an airplane okay. because I knew I could do the rest, which was make it up the mountain. <laughs> so Amazing. I actually spent, yeah, I think I got that scan, that was an objective for me. I got that scan then in November, December, I went down to Argentina and hung out in Mendoza for a while before I went and climbed in the Andes. And then I extended that trip by a couple weeks or uh, like one or two weeks because I was like, Mendoza is awesome. And why would I want to go back to New York where I just have this like mystery problem that I don't really understand and everyone tell is telling me I'm better. And all I can really do is like trudge up a mountain. So I'm going to keep flexing that muscle. <laughs> um, so, and obviously so eat and taste wine. You have, a, you know, a lot of capacity. And so, which is amazing, but I'm sure also makes it challenging because of the whole invisible injury portion. Like, you know mm -hmm. where you could be and you know your potential. And, but from the outside, it's like, oh, but she's climbing mountains. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I enjoy that, but I also, there was this like, oh, let me flat. I can like, okay, I can't do most of the things that I used to be able to do, but I am good at this clearly. And, and I, you know, my connection is phenomenal. And I think it was those sort of acties, uh, monitoring how I did when I had a little hydration, um, you know, there were days I was trapped in the tent. So it was like noticing just like it, I started to suspect that my obsession with cardiovascular exercise was a physiologic need because when I got sidelined for four days, stuck in a tent, I, I noticed afterwards, it wasn't like back in the old days when I'd take some time off, it was like, wait a second, there's something that declines for me pretty mm -hmm. quickly when yeah. I don't. So it was just all this like intuition happening. Um, but when I came back from, when I came back from um, uh, Mendoza, I, it was funny, I was single and I went on a couple dates and um, I turned 40 and that's the only reason I came back. My friend had planned my own birthday party and 
And then the pandemic started and I was like, well, shit, I'm single. I was just like, before our call, I was just typing this little, I wanted to share something on Instagram, but it's, it's kind of like this, tell it to you first. Um, But it was funny, the, yeah, I I went on like a couple dates and then the pandemic started and we're, we're getting into the next head injury. And I said, oh shit, I'm single world might be ending or something <laughs> Forty, like I need to I need to freeze my eggs like this is important um okay look when I get uh tunnel vision I mean I'll make the thing happen yeah. it just so happens that the thing I've been trying to make happen for a long time like cognition has taken a long time but like I've been tunnel vision on it everything else falls away like Men can wait, like a, a work can wait. <laughs> um, woman on a mission. And so that became my tunnel vision when the pandemic started at the beginning of March. And I finally got in, because you know it's an elective procedure. Right. I finally got in on May 3rd. And that was the day I um I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, that was a special day. That was the day I secured my, my genetic lineage goes on. Um, It was the day I for reals almost died. Finally, all these other injuries had been like these near misses. And I was, you know, I was okay, just like a little brain rattling, but I I never almost died to my knowledge. Um, And it was also the day that think, um, well, I know something else changed for me medically. So I added like another medical issue on top of the, my already like delightfully stacked knowledge. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I mean, so long story short. That, um, so you sustained another head injury on May 3rd, 2020. Yep. And how I did that happen? Um, I returned home from the egg retrieval and what we would find out later, uh, they had actually nicked uh, in going in to retrieve the eggs from the ovary, nicked an artery, which is kind of common, but I had so much um, fluid from the hyperstand. Oh, oh, yes. That the weight down on it blew the artery. So once I was home, I was sitting and I didn't feel so hot. Then. I was like, oh my God, something happened. And I was right. The artery had started to actually gush. And so I, I mean, thankfully there only so much blood can go out, you know, and it will slow down a little bit, but I was like, this is not okay. And I knew I had to get help. And I got up from the couch to go get my phone, which was across the apartment. And I was by myself. And um, what happened was I woke up and I was really short on breath and it was twilight. Like I could barely see. I opened my eyes. So before I could even open my eyes, I noticed I had like no breath. This is this is going to be like a scene in a movie someday. I had these tiny like breaths and it was almost like I had to get the energy to open my eyes. And while I was doing that breathing, breathing I had I smelled this weird smell which ended up being all this blood from my head and I could feel like this throbbing pain in my abdomen on the right side and I noticed that my arms were both down by my 
my like all the way stretched down. So my thought was, I didn't even try to break my fall. Like there's, this is no good. (laughs) And I, I knew there something had to do with this retrieval, but I was obviously really worried about my head. And it took a while for me to do all this shallow breathing, you know, and later we find out obviously with all this fluid, I don't have as much lung capacity. Yes. Breathe and I breathe and I breathe. And thank goodness they had given me additional IV because of the POTS diagnosis. So because I had a tendency towards lightheadedness. So all these factors added up and, you know, I'm like maintaining my own physical health and this pristine, like, like I'm, I'm like doing everything on the exercise and nutrition side. So the stars aligned and I actually woke up and was able to crawl my way over to, it was like commando crawling and it was just like drama, (laughs) but I ended up making it to the ER, thankfully, where I had a blood transfusion and, um, you know, it was tough because I was in the ER and then they transferred me to, to surgical, but everybody's life sucks. It's the beginning of this pandemic. I have actually having 20 of the 31 eggs they retrieved 29 of them were viable and that's oh, not even a conversation I could have with people because I knew so many people who had gone through like three retrievals and only gotten like five eggs mm-hmm. and so it's like okay everyone is stuck in this pandemic I'm off here on my own venture as usual struggling but then there's 29 eggs in the freezer now so this has been a success and it's like I just kept all this to myself and I left the hospital two days later and I was, um, I, I was itching to get back into the concussion center because I knew like this was an issue and everything just seemed to get sort of lost in translation because I didn't really share. I think I like posted some picture from the ER that was like, I'm okay guys. And that was it. But it was, it was uh, another head injury. This had to heal. And, and what I would later realize was something else really changed in my physiology after that um, accident. Interesting to me, because I don't know if you know, but I started in nursing and I actually worked as a reproductive health nurse. So I was in the ER, like I would do the retrievals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I very much understand the process you went through this, the hormones, the stimulation, and also how many, I've never heard of 29 eggs being viable. <laughs> so it's like pretty incredible, um, silver lining for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I think about this really long journey I've been on, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to not cry, but I could. And I think about how important it was for me to do the egg retrieval and how you know, I've kind of done everything that one might want to do in their life, but I haven't had a family yet. Right. And there's been so much for me has been like, no, I want to be able to read and comprehend because I want to read with my kids. I want to be able to have kids and who knows how long this pandemic is going to go on. So I need to put these eggs in the freezer above all else. So I'll take, I'll take whatever has come with it to preserve that ability. But, you know, to be super woo woo, it all comes back to like love and wanting to belong and have like a family and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but it, yeah, so after that, 
I ended up um, hanging around an additional. So I had already been alone in New York City for 30, 53 days, right? March, April, the beginning of May. And um, and yes, I was counting. And every day I would like write down my You're like, who who's on whatever? What's it called? <laughs> the swiping apps. I forget what it's called. Oh my god. Oh no, I was so obsessed with maintaining my health and everything that I was like, nice try, anyone who's in New York. I ain't yeah. hanging out with anybody. I, I mean, was at the beginning. Laser focused. Right. Oh, my objective. And it was like, okay, when I would go out running in Central Park. I wouldn't wear, I would put it down around my, my, you know, that was okay. But yeah, a lot of people were like hooking up in the city when the pandemic, I was like, no, stay that F away. (laughs) I'm going to put my my kids in the freezer and then think about that. Um, But yeah, so after that, I ended up spending, it was 30 something more days because I was just waiting for the concussion center to open so I could go back and get evaluated. Okay, yes. Because back then, again, I'm still in this mindset of all there is for head injury is vision, vestibular, uh, like whatever I already did. I didn't know like there was another dimension. Um, And and then, (laughs) right. And then- they finally NYU was very clear with me like okay it's probably going to be two weeks until we see we see anybody and I don't even think I'd even been evaluated or anything but I just I was like okay Amanda's got another concussion um and by then I already felt like I was I was kind of a a known entity at NYU I just see people they'd be like oh you're that girl I'm like yeah um it's like cheers sometimes you just want to go where everyone knows your name um but that was finally when I went to my sister's in Pennsylvania and it was funny my one sister came into the city and picked me up and she was like I was kind of like I mean I'm concussed I'd had this accident I've been alone for 88 days and it was kind of like I was like yeah, I'm not right. <laughs> but I felt like I, this is going to sound crazy, but I felt like I was kind of like, there's, there's not right from head injury, but there's also not right from like, something's different. Like, did it, yes. is, did a ghost like crawl in my body and it's kind of like haunting me? Like, I'm like, what's going on? Um, And, you know, hindsight, I really do think that having the one or two bags of someone else's blood in me might have maybe might have just made me feel a little weird but anyway there are so many reasons that I'm a weirdo at this point um and then I go and I hang out with my sisters for two and a half weeks which was which was nice but it was funny I also got like a job offer in that in that time frame where I, I basically was like do you not understand that I can't really read <laughs> and I I can read out loud to you, but I can't integrate that information. And it was a job as an editor. Oh, and wow. I had this like really cool background in journalism and credentials in editing and having attended Dow Jones News Funds, like editing school. And it was just like, I get why my resume is attractive to you. And this is a, such a weird period because, you know, people, people landscape of work is changing and 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 now places are reaching out in from different like I don't have to be there to work so maybe they're looking at people in New York and I'm I'm never like going looking for a job I'm not like this is my job and I'm like 
what am I doing wrong that I'm giving the world the impression that I could even potentially hold a job? (laughs) Like jokes on world, but then it would be like, okay, and here I am like turning down jobs. That's interesting. Yeah, it's like this side of it that I don't hear many people talking about. I was not, to my knowledge, on purpose portraying that Mm -hmm. I was more capable than I was, but it was what was coming across. Or maybe I just wasn't allowing myself to like fully uh, accept or acknowledge how much I was struggling. But I remember like little things like that happening. And I remember for the rest of 2020, you know, I went back to New York, I did finally get evaluated, I had to go back to vision and vestibular therapy. Um, and, you know, that stuff pulled back together within about eight weeks. And um, I was like, bad. what's that? That's not bad. Right, right. Yeah. Um, next one, it would all pull together in five weeks. <laughs> keep getting better and better (laughs) is real (laughs) um but the rest of the year was really interesting because I was I felt like I was like okay that last concussion did something that I can't articulate but I hadn't taken into account that maybe it was it wasn't that it was like, maybe, maybe this concussion didn't actually make things worse. And, you know, in hindsight, I could say, okay, yes, that was what many people would call a horrific life changing PTSD inducing accident. But truly that accident for me, it was like, it was like Thursday. Like I, like those sort of things, I was not traumatized. And as weird as this sounds, I'm inspired by all the weird stories like that that I have because I figured it out like I got myself to the ER like yay go yes, me no one else gonna pat my back I'm gonna pat incredible it incredible <laughs> right? so, yeah and I was like no I just I don't I don't think that I am deeply traumatized by this incident and then you went back to New York oh You're frozen. Let's see. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, wait. Oh, you're back, you're back. You were frozen for a second, but now you're back. Oh, okay. Um, so, but this is when I start really digging in my heels and, you know, the world is stopped anyway. And yes. very selfishly, I remember being like, ha ha, now everybody knows what my life is like. Cause I'm kind of stuck right now trying to climb my way out of my brain injury hole and welcome to welcome to what I've been in for the last, however many years. And I also remember a lot of people talking like, unemployment benefits and stimulus and small business. Oh my God, this is great. And capitalizing. And I was like, I don't even have the capacity to think outside my own self-preservation. So good for all of you. I wasn't really making much money before I was spending it. (laughs) What's left? I just, you know, me and the Google machine, just trying to figure some stuff out. And uh, becoming a little more vocal on social because I'm like, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of being confused. I'm sick at this one hospital. Like, I seem to be like doing so great all the time, but I can't. There's so much I don't. I'm sick of this POTS thing affecting me every day. And it just being described to me as something that there's no, you can't do anything for Just wear these hose, this compression hose. And I'm like, there's more, there's more. And again, here I am thinking I'm inventing like all of this other stuff that exists. You did though. (laughs) (laughs) I invented everything. I invented love. (laughs) Um, But so here's where things change uh, quite a bit. I find out that the Brooklyn VA hospital does something called RTMS. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I'll try it because I see online that I already know I don't have depression, it's a miracle, but I'm motivated. I'm not depressed, but I see that for some people with PCS, the thing I apparently have, it's helpful. So I get in this, like, I have like no money, but I'm still getting in an Uber every day and like going over to the Brooklyn VA. It's like 80 bucks a day because they they're doing this treatment for people for depression. And I'm like, fine, I carry a depression diagnosis, but I'm doing it because I think. Yeah. Um, And so I'm like talking about it uh, on social. And what happens, this is like like a divine thing. Somebody contacts. So first of all, the RTMS is not helping me at all. And I'm like, this is kind of like uncomfortable and I don't feel it doing anything. And someone contacts me from, um, I don't know if they're still around, but this foundation called the Hyperbarics Health and Wellness Foundation. Mm -hmm. And they're a foundation that does hyperbaric oxygen therapy for people who are um, both veterans and who have service connection for traumatic brain injury. And 
they were um, funded in the state of Idaho and would bring in veterans for uh, 40 medical grade treatments. And so I, um, it was funny, this person like reached out to me and was like, you would fit this program. What do you think? And I was like, is this a, am I a candid camera? Like I, and then I like Google hyperbaric oxygen therapy and I'm like, okay, this sounds like legit. And I'm so confused and thank you because maybe, cause I'm doing something right now that's not helping. Um, and I, and that's how I first ended up in Idaho. And I went through these 40 medical grade treatments and it was a really interesting, um, like, like process I went through because I both got better and worse okay. in hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And w- I must have had a good deal of brain inflammation from the head injuries because I believe that came down, but I got very sick with the hyperbaric oxygen therapy, but I was like, I don't care. I am experiencing a little more clarity of thought. And And I was- Your program, did you do, so from just our little conversations, it seems like you do two sessions a day, two 90 minute sessions. Is that right? Yeah, what they would do is yes, two sessions a day, a deep dive in the morning. Um, so I think it's like uh, I think it's like seventy minutes, and then you have air breaks, so it brings you okay. like for the deep dive. And then in the afternoon, it would be a more shallow dive to one point five atmospheres. So it would be in the morning more for inflammation, and okay. then in the evening uh, or the afternoon more for neurologic benefit. Um, and. There's no like medical need to do two in a day. You could do one a day, but because they were bringing veterans from out, like the, it would cost less to have someone go through for two days rather than stick around for 40. And so, yeah, I was doing the two a day and it was really, it was really interesting because I take a lot of photos because I do like life visually. And I, I mean, I could just see that I was, like the bags under my eyes and my skin was weird and ruddy and, you know, brain injury aside, I've been this like specimen of health since I turned everything around in like 2015, 16. And so it's like, yeah, this is really odd, but I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't trade this, 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 um, opening, this opening of, uh, bandwidth for anything. I'm not like, I'm not going to quit this hyperbarics because I don't feel good. Um, and then I was oh, scheduled to me go, as a quitter. <laughs> right. To almost to, to my own detriment. Well, <laughs> learned. Um, and it was, it, so I went through that and it was really interesting. I talked to, um, I talked to, uh, oh, it, I was scheduled to go to the Marcus Institute of Brain Health after that. So it was like three weeks in Idaho and then one week in Colorado before going back to New York. And it was really great because when I was there, I think I was still experiencing this like less brain inflammation. And so I felt much more able to share in my five-day evaluation there, what I was, what I was uh, experiencing and had better language for it and had better just understanding in my own mind. Even though, you know, there's, there's this intellectual academic understanding that you can articulate. And then there's also this subconscious, like, I know, I know, like, that 
even when I can't describe. So I had more up here to work with and deliver to them. And um, they were insistent that I would be a good fit for their, they have a three week rehabilitation program where I believe they actually have some of that cool newfangled, like interactive metronome stuff. Um, But I went back. So what, what I think had happened was I was getting sick because of the toxin in my body from Mm -hmm. the breast implants. Mm -hmm. And, but I was also experiencing a lot of the benefit that HBOT has to offer, which did help me tremendously. And then I had some new insight from um, the Marcus Institute of Brain Health, which went above and beyond what I had had before. And um, And this is 2021? This was the very end of 2020. Okay, okay. Um, And then I came back to New York. And so I have this like new document where they have, we're going through all of this stuff uh, about, you know, brain injury and PCS and um, like trauma and sympathetic overdrive. And it's like, I'm I'm starting to get a little more of this language because up until then, I I hadn't really thought of sympathetic and parasympathetic unless I was with Drew, my my craniosacral. But that for me, I only equated directly to like, my everything's like in a silo for me but like my ability to lay on this table and be calm and am I going to cry today or not cry today am I going to let myself cry today um and like allow allow my nervous system to do what it wanted to do and actually like like express it rather than always suppress to make sure I came across like a certain the way I wanted to um so when I got back to New York this was the end of uh, mid-November of 2020. Three, two things happened. Um, I was Googling my face off with this added bandwidth. Yes. And I was like, I was like functional neurology, functional neurology, functional. Ne- what is this? What is this? Yes. Oh my God. And then I was seeing all this like cool, like Navy SEALs doing cool functional neurology. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is like next tier. This is what I need. Like, this is my next frontier. And uh, funny enough, um, it was the day before Thanksgiving. Nope. It was, yeah, it was Monday, early, no, no, no. It was the Monday before Thanksgiving and early Monday morning. I woke up and I had a chiropractor appointment and I was going, I woke up and I was going to the bathroom. This is like the third time this has happened. And I pass out on my way to the bathroom. And this was before I was super militant about like not only drinking one of these when I wake up, but also putting a bunch of salt and electrolytes yeah. in it. And then I would like lay and let it absorb. So I wouldn't pass out. But anyway, I had run out of my electrolyte. And so I was just drinking water. I I mean, that's how sensitive my body was. I passed out on the way to the bathroom. Uh, I I wasn't out very long. I mean, who, who has this reference? You know, when I came to, I, I took all the blood in my hands and I was like, oh, this hasn't been out of my head very long. (laughs) So I was like, oh shit. Well, okay. Um, I was going to the Brooklyn VA hospital anyway for my chiropractor appointment. So I was like, I'm just going to roll in early to the oh ER. My gosh. <laughs> and so they died. 
diagnosed me with another concussion, but you know, it's like that early, they just assumed I had another concussion. It's not mm-hmm. like they could really diagnose it, but it was so funny. Cause I remember this, this old Indian guy was my ER doctor there and I've already learned enough to be dangerous. And he, he gave the old, he gave the old, Oh, you know, well, it'll just take it easy for two weeks. Oh, and God. and I was like, I already, Look, I know, but I, I know like, more okay. than you. <laughs> right. I, I smiled and nodded and I was like, okay, this sucks. But, and you know, at that point, my concern is just like, I already know I'm a, I'm still dealing with traumatic brain injury yes. issues and I, I'm still dealing with this PCS thing. And my question is, okay, did I just make this worse? Yes, for sure. Um, and then, so I'm kind of like, and I end up just spending Thanksgiving by myself because I was just like, I can't like, I don't want to be social. I don't want to hear noise. I don't want to be around like people talking to me. Um, and I, and and that one was also on the left side, my left side and the back of my head were just like magnets for all of this, this uh, rocking. Um, but what happened next was I, um, I decided that like maybe I would start talking on podcasts again because I would kind of see emails come and go, but I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't do much email. I don't like check DMs very well. And back then, not at all. And um, Amy Zellmer had yes. asked if I wanted to. So I had gone on hers and it was funny, but, but wait, let me tell you what happened before that. So this guy, Dan sends me a message on Instagram and he's like, you know, like all you're talking about your trouble with reading like, I wonder if the Mind Eye Institute would be a good fit for you. And then he forwarded me the name of a book called The Ghost of My Brain. Yes. And he says, it just sounds like some of the stuff you talk about. And um, and I was like, well, dude, I can't read, but I, I can maybe listen. And I didn't even have to listen to the whole book. I was like, oh, oh, this guy's describing my shit. Like, I, I would, I would like not be able to find my way home and end up like ass backwards and having to sit somewhere for a really long time and just conceptualize of like, when I get to the road, do I turn left and right? And then I, I, it was clear to me that I was bringing myself by trying so hard with so many things to a place of just like burnout and flare that it was like, Oh my God. Okay. So the more is more. Yeah, the more is more mentality. And what was tricky for me was that I was such an athletic and physical beast. I couldn't conceptualize that like it's cognition is a different ball game. Like busyness around me, using my vision while also using my and it was like, okay, it makes fucking sense now that all I want to do is be up above tree line climbing mounts because that's what I can do with the least cognitive. And it was so, I get why it was so hard for my providers to understand how much I was struggling, but it was, I mean, it was simple things like adding a third person to a conversation that would spin me out of control. And I was like, oh, okay, this, so I, I let them know about my existence and I, I call them up and I'm like, I'm sending an email right now. And of course, like sending over an email that shows structural damage to my, my occipital lobe, my visual cortex, their like ears went up right away. And they're of like, Ooh. cause you know, I have, I have referred a lot of people to my TBI doctor. I have referred a lot of people and it does end up that 
their issues are not related to concussion or head injury. It's a lot of times it's anxiety or a mental health issue, which is totally understandable because um, a lot of those symptoms overlap. But I think like with me and all of this data I had on my brain, well, it was especially like, you keep falling and smacking right on your occipital lobe. It sounds like. Oh, absolutely. Right? And all of these documented concussions, most of them are to the left side in the back of the head, right. one to the right, that mountain bike accident. Um, so I, I mean, I could even feel it within that, that facility. Like they were like, oh, this is exciting. We're going to be able to help you. And I'm telling them about all these problems with reading. And then I tell them that I had to have like in my second TBI, my retina blew and I had to have surgery. And they're like, oh my God, retina. And there's like four kinds of visual processing. There's like retinal, there's like the sensory, there's the subconscious, there's the conscious. And then it started to appear that I had like, all these visual processing issues in, I'm just like the gift that keeps giving all these places. Um, so I'm really grateful for Dan because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have reached out. And um, so, so I, I had, I scheduled thing with them where I had to go to Chicago to have my first evaluation. And in the meantime, I talked to Amy and it was so funny. I was like, no, I don't show up to podcasts having listened to every single episode or having, you know, familiarized myself or anything. And I'm telling her You're about just trying like, to get by. Exactly. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm exactly, I'm like surviving day to day and just finding little ways to have fun in the meantime. But I remember I told her like, oh, in functional neurology, and I was like, let me bring something new you've never heard oh. of to your podcast. <laughs> but she actually created functional neurology. <laughs> right? And she's like, oh, she's like, you haven't done any funk neuro. And she even had like an acronym for it or like a little short and cute baby version. And I was like, okay, better late than never. Like, whatever. <laughs> oh she's like, gosh. I'm really excited for you that you're yes. getting into that now. And I was like, okay. And I was sort of like, not bitter at all, but I was like, okay, it's cool. Everybody knows more than me, whatever. <laughs> um, and it was, so that was in December of 2020. And then late, late, right before Christmas of 2020, um, I went to my first evaluation at the Mind Eye Institute, which was, I mean, I, like everyone knew I was going to be a good fit. <laughs> um, and you know, I, they fitted me for my first pair of glasses and, um, I went back to New York and then I drove Heisenberg, which is like this beater card that I forgot existed in my life, but drove Heisenberg out to Idaho because I had found someone to rent my apartment in New York. And I knew I just wanted to spend a little time, more time in Idaho because I had been so moved by, um, spending so much time, I had, I had been able to spend three straight weeks in nature. And I was like, I need more of that. And I didn't understand. Yes, nature gorgeous. Like, I thought you actually, <laughs> that's where you're from, for some reason, even though I also knew that you lived in New York. So my wires were getting crossed. Right. But right. I know I like, look it up. And it looks very nice. It's yeah. so it's so beautiful and wonderful. And I know there's a lot out there on nature therapy and green space, but I also believe it was getting to less stimulation. 
it, it just the idea of um, less environmental stimulation, walking around the streets of New York, like noise, noise, oh gosh, vigilance, yeah. like I'm protecting my head. I'm, I'm There's noise everywhere. Um, there's so much to see. And it, it's funny, I would later see in, you know, like in, in one of my mind eye things, like she is extremely overwhelmed by environmental stimuli. Well, I never allowed myself to feel that overwhelmed. Right. I was in denial of it I, because I'm tough. I'm strong. Like, like if there's an issue with me walking down the street, I'm a pussy. Like <laughs> That's how I thought of it. So it's like, no, I wouldn't even allow it into my conscious awareness, how much I was struggling, but I came back to, um, I came back to Idaho and I, the mind eye Institute told me that they thought I would be, you know, they see a lot of people like, like me, or maybe not exactly, but mm -hmm. that I would potentially be a very good fit for cognitive effects. Um, right. yes especially with so many head injuries and, you know, like they look a lot through functional MRI at blood flow and where is it good? Where is it suboptimum? Where can we drive blood flow? And that was really great because, um, you know, here I was in Idaho. I just drove Heisenberg. I just love to call my car Heisenberg, Heisenberg down to Utah because he's bright blue. And, um, like from the show Breaking Bad, the, the oh my are still mad. <laughs> um so I went down there and it was really interesting because we did my functional MRI we adjusted my my week of activities to it and I learned all about BDNF and I learned oh yes. my god this is something I'm already like I have so instinctually done like I gravitated to, to more interval training or when I would go out for a run, I would be like, I'm going to push it. And then I'm going to go back yes. to a job. And I was really like building up like, like, I mean, of course, at that time, 18, 17 years into this adventure, I'm like, thankfully, I'm glad it strengthened my mind body connection. I would just know in my heart of hearts or mind of mind or whatever you want to call it, what foods were working, what weren't. And, you know, I used to have a lot of treats and for work, I would eat like weird food. I mean, I'm not going to travel to some awesome place and not try their food. Um, but what I noticed was I was very aware of what would cause a big change for me, what would spark a headache, what would cause like a belly issues, even before this time period. And so, but it was becoming a little less, um, a little less predictable, which was very odd because I almost like created this like world that I could exist in and everyone who could see on the outside, it was like, oh, this is like, I don't even like you. Your life is so great. Like that sort of stuff. Right. But it was like, no, like everything has to be a certain way. And I need to only, and I know I need to take like a day if I eat X, Y, Z to do like basically Never. nothing the next day. Mm -hmm. And things were getting a little less predictable. And it was weird. Okay. So it's like, okay, maybe it's the additional concussions, but I went through cognitive effect and there were some very palpable improvements. Like mm -hmm. I, I had tears in my eyes because I went skiing. I had learned to ski in the week before I went down there. And on my way back to Idaho, I stopped at Snowbird and I went skiing and I was like, bam, my ability to see something and move my body around it is twice as good as it was before. Oh, and 
I don't even remember mind. what that is. is ridiculously but. stimulating, right? And you know, visual motor control balance, so much is going on. Right, right. And you get like the auditory inputs for someone yes. who's super hyper vigilant. And it's the reflection like, off the snow. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. And so already a, a very complex process. And I had learned with an adaptive instructor and even he was, I mean, like I had come a long way, but I learned pretty quickly within the span of three, like half day lessons working with me, I was skiing comfortably. Um, I have, I could feel the caution in my body cause I don't want this. I don't want to hit my head. Uh, and the paranoia when I, I heard something just, and this is before I understood that I couldn't really discern where sound was coming from. Okay. So it was even more reason to be like, like yeah. I either wanted no sound or all of it, but I also wanted my head to turn a 360 to make sure nobody could like run into me at yeah. risk, you know? So having that change after cognitive effects, because I couldn't really articulate to them. I was like, here, here's a very palpable change. And I remember in the functional MRI doing that tracing thing, or it was like a one B two. Yes. And I was like, I think it correlates to that in some way. Mm -hmm. But so it was really interesting because I had this great experience and then a week later I get COVID and it was so great though because they had these two functional MRIs on my brain and they were just you know this is 2021 um February 2021 they're just starting to study like right. like long COVID and so they had me back in April and they looked at my brain again and this is what's really cool not only did we rule out long COVID for mm -hmm. me since I had left and, you know, I'd come home and, or back to Idaho and I was doing my brain exercises, my brain function had improved. So, you know, I go there, get a functional MRI, do a week yeah. of stuff, get another functional MRI to see where I'm at at the end of this week, come back four months later and my brain function had improved even more. And I was like, this is so great to know mm -hmm. because like, and I started like just posting things on my story. That's like, Hey friends, do your exercises. Yeah, like, absolutely. Do your exercises. Because I, I, and I mentioned this in our first chat that, you know, I've been a little like, I'm, I'm literally like doing my best to machete my way back to function in this world. And I would meet so many people who like wouldn't do their PT or mm -hmm. who were just not motivated. And I'm, I, I wasn't judging, but I was like, if, if that's coming from a place of you not thinking there's hope, right. oh my God, I yeah, am nothing like, proof and now from? I can prove it. Yes. Yeah. And that was really helpful in this, you know, invisible journey is to have so much information. And so um, it was, so that was, um, that was really great. And I kept on going with my exercises and I returned to New York and I tripped and fell down a flight of stairs and I smashed my head again. Um, so that's what happened on, and this was, um, 13 stairs. I rolled down. I thank God was able, like I had strengthened my neck enough that when I finally came to rest down on the concrete that, um, oh I blew God. out my FDM, but my head still smashed, but I can't imagine had I not had this strong neck yes. because it would have just been like a floppy doll. And I ended up in the ER and we had, it was like half a softball again left side right um, 
but thankfully, you know, no bleed, nothing like that. And, you know, a, a humorous elbow, ribs, we had to do it all. I really, I really took myself out. And I was like, you know, there's some, there's some, I'm taking myself offline for some reason. There is a reason that I keep making right. it ahead so far and coming back. And I really turned that into this knowledge that I wasn't meant to be taking in a bunch of information from reading and listening. I, this has really strengthened my intuition with myself because I had, I had no other access to information besides what I could come up with on my own. And I'm really thankful for the things I've come up with because they've been helpful. But I was like, what the hell? And that was on. You're like, I've learned enough. I know enough. Stop stop sending me the message. I got it. I'm on track to Nirvana here. Like I got it. (laughs) That's Um, one thing I love about your presence, your hosting is that you you always turn it around as a learning experience or as how you're meant to be on this earth this time around or whatever you believe in. It's, yeah, you're always, you're a a glass half full sort of energy, which is, it's so refreshing. Oh, thank you. I I, I don't know where I learned it, but I guess I'll thank my parents for that or something. Um, um, yeah, but that at the time I kept thinking of these additional head injuries as like, there was this, I would allow it to really affect my physiology and which it was affecting anyway, but I would let, I would let my emotional state in regards to it hijack. And once I got that under control, it was like, and not as simple as like everything happens for a reason. Um, it really brings in that, like that saying acceptance without resignation. Like I had to really learn that, wait, I can accept a situation without being resigned. And it's still something I, I like, it's just, it's not a full, like I fully, fully, fully accept, but I'm not resigned. I still like tiptoe in and out of it. But once that started to take hold, because I would say, okay, here's what's going on with me and I'm fixing it. But like the anxiety in my body about it not being fixed yet was there. And it was a factor. And after that head injury in January, uh, that was June of 2021, I also launched into some like really poor life choices, which I call the Amanda tax, which we might have discussed before, but I like the Amanda tax is like, oh, I can't find my $700 thing. And I'm frustrated after two hours. So I'm going to go buy another one. Oh, no, we didn't talk about this. (laughs) Oh, oh, the Amanda tax is epic. The Amanda tax is it's too confusing to buy like uh, a ticket somewhere. So I'll wait to the last minute when I absolutely have to and spend twice the money. Okay. Um, The Amanda tax was mistakenly signing a contract, giving someone else the rights to my life. (laughs) I was like. So I had to, I I've had to wait that out because it was actually a legal binding document. And I was, I mean, it's cool to have someone interested in like monetizing your life, but it's also not cool that wild. (laughs) Oh, there's so many Amanda taxes that I can't even begin to, um, I, I, 
it's it's its own topic. Yes, but yes. So in the wake of this accident, there are a couple decisions I make. And I was like, I was dating some really awesome people and basically like was like, no, <laughs> like I, I just, it was really, I look back at it and I'm like, well, whatever. It all was what it was, but I can see some of these decisions I made. And they are through the lens of um, another concussion. And that, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't take anything that happened since because what I did was um, like, I, I think I, I, by then I'm like a pro at recovering from these things on the acute level. Um, I really didn't think anything had gotten worse in the world of PCS or TBI. However, I had this additional like malaise that I couldn't describe. And it was like, no, this isn't me. I'm not trying, I'm not this fake positivity. I'm an optimist. Yes. But it's like, I have less energy. Like it, there's something up and my diet has been perfect. I like occasionally indulge, but my intestine, my small intestine, you know, leaky gut should be healed by now, like all of these things. And, um, and I mean, just like, I'm not trying to like leave breadcrumbs, something else was going on for sure. And you know what I am going, so we've been talking for an hour, believe it or not. (laughs) And I think I know where that breadcrumb is leaving or leading. (laughs) So we managed to get through another year and a half. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, amazing, almost amazing story and so I think we're gonna have to leave people hanging again which is so amazing and yeah I'm loving it and I'm sure once this gets out everyone is going to love it too and then let's plan for episode three which yes. actually okay. has um is it's going to be good so we can give people a teaser but Yes, we'll talk about your, you know, TBI recovery, but a bunch of other things as well that um, yes. you'll be interested to hear about. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like making a quick list of them in my mind and I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is good stuff. I think it, awesome. you, you are a um, champion of resilience and perseverance trying new things. I think it's amazing. And even we've touched upon cognitive effects, the Mind's Eye Institute, functional neurology, osteopathy, like you've tried a number of different things, which I think is helpful for people to hear also that sometimes you have to try different things, but, and there are many different things that are helpful depending where you are in your journey. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, they say, like no two head injuries are the same. And that's not only me amongst my many, but between people. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on again. And you next week, you're heading back to New York. Yeah, I'm hitting the Mind Eye Institute. I I now go every four to six months um, for my next evaluation and to see like you know, these glasses from there have been getting, you know, weaker and weaker. And my goal is to no longer use them. Um, And then yeah, back to New York for some neurology stuff and um, to navigate, you know, a possible uh, upcoming surgery. So um, 
we shall discuss. Yes, amazing. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Have an amazing, amazing weekend and we will be in touch. Thank you. And thank you for being interested in my story. Oh, I love it. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Oh, and for those of you listening, don't forget to follow Amanda. Amanda is Amanda Uncharted on Instagram. And you can follow me too. I'm concussionrehab.ca on Instagram. <laughs> and we'll follow you back. Awesome. Okay, bye, Amanda. Bye. 